Hello, Hello. and welcome back to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm joined by the other folks from, not, not everybody from Above the Law, but some other folks from Above the Law. Uh, Catherine Rubino already jumped in and said hello when it wasn't her Well, it annoys you. you, so I... It's fine, I'm listen, sure. Listen, I'm trying to get back I just try some... to edit it out. So uh, she jumped like in. I, yeah, yeah, well, there. And we also have Chris Williams, who is joining us um, really... Really going above and beyond. How you feeling over there? I feel like God kissed me with COVID. So blessed, but, <laughs> blessed but infectious. Like so it's most, like that, that 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 uh, Old Testament God, right? Where it's just like right. plagues. Yeah, let's kill a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I looked. I looked behind me. I saw a salt pillar. I was like, damn it, Yahweh. <laughs> oh, yeah. speaking of plagues. The, the, As my, one the, does. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a Monday. Oh, stop it! <laughs> that is our official plague trumpet. No, that was the trumpet of Ezekiel. Are you like the Archangel Gabriel? Yeah, that fuck? was Gabriel's trumpet. Oh. Yeah, there we uh, go. This has turned uh, into a theology podcast real fast. <laughs> yeah, you know, Christopher means Christ bearer. I come bring Yeah, there news, you go. And it sucks. My uh, <laughs> The ceiling of my kitchen caved in. Yeah, what was with that? I saw pictures. That was awful. Yeah, apparently Did I didn't put enough newborn blood on my door. Um, say, have you been smote? What, what what is going on? Yeah, you've got uh, you got ceilings collapsing. You've got COVID. You're like I don't know if I've been I've been smote as much as smitten with bad fortune. Because mm-hmm. that happened, I, I caught I caught the vid, which interestingly enough, on Friday, I was supposed to have somebody come through to look at said uh, hole in kitchen ceiling, but then they didn't come around because my mom put down the wrong number. <laughs> but hey, that happens nope. when you ask my, uh, do your big boy tasks for you. I, that was my fault. Uh, but then I get <laughs> sick out of nowhere. I get uh, aches and pains and my spine feels like I, I got kicked by, again, God. Um, I, take a, I take a COVID test. It comes back. I see the faintest bit of a line. Like it's, a, it's about mm. as faint as like the remaining jurisprudence on Roe v. Wade. Oh. And it's bad. Oh. It's bad. Yeah. And recent. I'm sorry. That's how it felt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm like, okay. The Friday was bad. Saturday, nothing. Like it just it it is uh for using like constitutional language, it's like a scintilla of sickness. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is cool. Sunday, I'm great. A friend comes over. I'm like, it's probably just a flu. I take a, another COVID test. It says it's supposed to wait like 15 minutes. About minute, like by like a minute and three seconds, and it's like, oh, you have super COVID. Like I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen darker lines except for like extreme sleep deprivation. So then I'm, so I'm like, I don't know what we do here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so ap- apologies for the, for the extended COVID exposure. Uh, I dear mean, friend. I. I've- yeah, I think that a lot of people are dealing with very similar sorts of uh, situations. I know I I took a COVID test uh, the beginning of this weekend before I hung out with friends because uh, a friend of mine is traveling abroad and needs a negative PCR. She's like, hate to be that one, but please take a test before we see each other. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, look, in my breakthrough, which happened a few months ago. That was, know, that was, was before you were boosted, right? Before I was yeah. boosted. was incredibly mild. But yeah, no, it's one of those things to keep an eye out for. And, you know, certainly ravaging New York and all. Well, the other thing that I did this weekend, uh, but as I oh, mentioned, okay. I took a COVID test. But the other thing I did as a result was spend a good portion of my time trying to track down more COVID tests. Right. 
you know, this in a weird way, I feel almost um, nostalgic for like the early days of uh, the vaccine when it felt like the Hunger Games, like trying to get an appointment. And and this felt a little Hunger Games-y and, you know, I mean, terrifying for the state of our society. But did you manage manage to find some tests? That was a lot. Yeah, but did you, man? Yes, like, I did. Okay, I'm good so at what know. I do. Like, I don't understand how you didn't get that that was the cue I was giving you. Like, at the end I of mean, that, I, you go, I, I knew, yes. I, I knew what you wanted. That doesn't mean I'm going to give it to you, <sighs> Joe. Okay, fair enough. Come now. I, I've i been explicit on record that I dislike all of your soundboard. All sound effects. I hey, understand. Hey, give the little drummer boy some slack here. <laughs> you know, it's Monday. He's trying to spread joy. I'd much rather that than covid is trying not succeeding but he's trying and that's what's important are we are we giving participation trophies now like what's going on is there on? a sound for that <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody it's my fault really yeah i've yeah. indulged you oh, for agreed. far too long <laughs> i mean I oh, also, also before before small talk come becomes the whole show bob saget died Oh, yeah. I, know. I almost saw him in in do a show last month or I guess November. It's October it's January now, but in November and now I'm really sad that I didn't go. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like the best thing that people can do to to honor to honor him is just say the most horrible, disgusting things you can say to your <laughs> friends and family. That man was horrible. <laughs> in, in, a, in a great way, as like as a as a person yeah. that appreciates comedy. If you Nobody, think that Bob Saget was contained by Full House, you are out of your mind. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously the Fuller House, but, but <laughs> right. it is it is actually amazing that he became famous off of that and America's Funniest Home Videos, where he he played the most wholesome of wholesome for so long because he was an incredibly dirty comic, which I think is you know it, it's a testament that he was able to get famous doing the exact opposite of what he did. It's the power of good PR, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was at the end, or do you have your finger up there? Well, I, I just was thinking that someone who has a very clear public persona and then makes a switch was was. Um, something that you've been writing about today. Oh, so you thought we would end small talk and go into our? I thought I was. I thought I was going to make it so smooth you wouldn't have time to hit the soundboard. I always <sighs> have time to hit the soundboard. I don't. I don't understand why you thought that wasn't going to happen. Anyway, well, let's. Uh... He has a point, Catherine. Are you on his side? This is. Yes, he told you last week that if he had control of the soundboard, it would be even worse. But part of that would be directed <laughs> towards you, too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, Catherine has a point, Joe. Yeah. All right, I'm everybody. On the side, I am on the side of chaos. Yeah. You, uh, and, and that's fair. So the you and Al side, Michaels, really. I don't know if you saw the uh, Sunday night football game this week, but uh-huh. the fact that it went to overtime and had it ended on a tie would have sent the, well, Vegas would have been on the hook for like $80 million or whatever. Or more even, I don't know. But literally Al Michaels at the end of the game was practically begging Vegas to kneel on the ball. Like, I've never seen it before. I'd like to see the world burn. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was, it was a lot it, of energy. It was, it, it was a thing. Yeah. Five times hotter than the sun energy. <laughs> yes. So with all that said, uh, yeah, no, you did yes. raise a point about people changing their public persona and people who, you know, are disgraced. So I guess we'll transition. Uh, Jed Rubenfeld, 
Yale professor married to tiger mom, Amy Chua. Is he, Cur- he's still a professor? Is he on? He is a professor, but he doesn't really do too much at the school since he's suspended following a sexual harassment investigation. Yikes. So he's been suspended for, what was it, two years and isn't back yet. But look, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a dance, I think, that happens in these worlds when you get disgraced. You have two options to kind of approach it with humility and contrition or double down and start blaming cancel culture and appears as though he's taking the other path. Well, there you go. So he wrote an op-ed today about the Biden vaccine mandate and argued that it's not constitutional, but his argument for why it should be struck down. Uh, and then I guess technically he didn't go all the way to constitutional. He said that there were some agency law, administrative law reasons as well. Uh, but the crux of his argument was that Omicron still spreads and people who are vaccinated are still getting it. So therefore, there's no justification for vaccine mandates, which, uh, and I mean, I guess this goes to Chris's current situation, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I People don't that wear the... bulletproof vests still get shot, so you shouldn't even really wear them, to be honest. Right? Yeah, it, 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 it was—it's just comically, comically bad. Well, and he writes this with a Nobel Prize winner in uh, for a virologist who won the Nobel Prize in the past, but it's also a virologist who has written in his own self-published journal that DNA emits electromagnetic radio waves and he that he believes in homeopathy. So he's kind of on the outs with his own profession as well. So this is, you know, like how Marvel said that Endgame was the most ambitious crossover of all time. I feel like Jed and this guy is an ambitious crossover. He has a Nobel Prize? How long ago? Is 2008. He like- has he just like like lost the plot? It's like, because what? he discovered he he was part of a team that discovered the actual HIV virus, which I, I don't know. I mean, it's not I mean, like they, they, they were going to find work. that eventually anyway. Wow. Yeah. So these two, the Algonquin Roundtable here, teamed up to explain that because Omicron can still be caught by people, therefore there's no justification to have a vaccine mandate at all, and it's. It's really comical. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Well, and well, they they cite a non-peer-reviewed study that suggests that the vaccines alone have a minimal, if not a negative, relationship with catching Omicron. Like they, they, it, there's some way of reading this data to suggest that being vaccinated actually makes you more likely to get Omicron. Is the argument they're making? That said, that is not really the crux of the conclusion of that non-peer-reviewed report, which putting aside that it's non-peer-reviewed at this point, it also concludes that boosters help and that therefore you should get boosted. So I don't know as though it's really as conclusive uh, evidence as they say. And to the extent that that's the conclusion of it, they blow it off as, well, this is early evidence. This is early and we can't really put much reliance on it, but they are putting sole reliance on the rest of its conclusions, it's it's bad. Well, I guess, I mean, my brain hurts. They cite, Jay, he talks about in this op-ed about Jacobson, which uh, we've talked about on this show before, that ultimately states have some police power rights to overcome what would otherwise be unconstitutional forced medical care in the interest of protecting public health. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that exists. That said, I don't quite know why that plays 
into the OSHA mandate, but putting aside that, he goes on this extended jag in the article about how Jacobson wouldn't apply here because if you can still get Omicron with the vaccines, then therefore it can't meet the requirements of Jacobson because Jacobson would require proof that the vaccine reduces transmission, which... That doesn't seem dispositive. It doesn't. Uh, it's actually weirdly getting it backwards because he he then even acknowledges, and by acknowledges, I assume some editor forced him to put this in, <laughs> acknowledges that there is reason to believe that the vaccines reduce the severity of the cases. And he says, well, it would have to reduce infection rates, not severity. And I'm like, why would that be? Because it's not that Jacobson said there's a police power interest in reducing infections. It said that there's a police power interest in public health and public safety and reducing infections would meet that. If you said we don't want our ICUs overrun, that would seem to fit the public health and public safety a thousand percent. provision yeah. anyway. So it doesn't even make sense. Like he gets this backwards. And all I could think is it's really a, it's really something this kind of like cancel culture dance of like, and it's true of both this doctor and him. Like they could have approached their screw ups with, I'm sorry. And instead they've just decided to embrace the fact that there are these kooks who are going to love them anyway. And it doesn't matter you know, how far afield of their professions they're going. Jesus. I don't know. You know what I thought of when I when I read this, like this, the thing that was going through my head the whole time through this Wall Street Journal op-ed was... I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. But I'm also horrified, which, you know, true. But also, this is not entirely surprising, right? Rubenfeld has previously represented anti-vaxxers and... and yeah, it's so his this new is, thing. Yeah. You got to find friends somewhere. And I'm not saying that the anti-vaxxer community is a community that doesn't really care that much about sexual harassment allegations, but I'm not not saying <laughs> that anti-vaxxers are a community that doesn't care about sexual harassment allegations. This is a not very cheerful way to start. Well, hey, Yale. Woohoo. I mean, people go to Yale to to be lawyers and you know, you would actually think people don't really go to Yale to be lawyers. They go to Yale to become dictators of small countries. But <laughs> they do offer various degrees. Yeah, yeah. But you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. So take advantage of Noda and No Cost IOLTA manage a tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real time bank data. Visit trustnoda.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. So, Catherine, mm -hmm. what can get you fired from your job? Slapping a coworker? Sounds allegedly, like allegedly, uh, you know, we were we're talking about COVID, obviously, and Chris, we don't wish COVID on anyone. But one thing that COVID did do in the sort of waning moments of 2021 was cancel a lot of holiday parties. Mm. And some people might have kept their jobs if certain it, holiday parties <laughs> had been canceled. Gone forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. So story uh, I wrote about a general counsel and there was a holiday party and he admitted that he had alcohol, but said that he wasn't intoxicated. There are allegations and uh, first person reports that the GC slapped a colleague. Wait, um, did he pull the I didn't inhale defense? 
Well, he said he he just wasn't drunk, and he would he his his justification. This is this actually is the thing that makes you go hmm in this story. Mm-hmm. So that he was trying to act out with his colleague, uh, police de-escalation tactics. Well, nobody was shot, so okay. So I'm gonna. So there take- is a W there. Uh- <laughs> well, can I take it aside here? So I watched I I watched some commercial. You know, I was watching some CBS stuff the other day, which meant. I saw a commercial for that show Blue Bloods, and I, <laughs> it just kept striking me that there's you a, and every eighty-five-year-old woman. I didn't watch the show. <laughs> I watched this commercial, and just and and frankly, maybe if you watch the show, it all makes sense. But the way the commercial is cut is there's a guy like in an interaction of bodega sort of situation with a plastic shield, and he gets angry at the clerk and smacks the shield. So it doesn't hurt anybody, but just smacks the shield. And it immediately cuts to two cops going, whoa, and grabbing for their guns. And I was like, that seems like the opposite of a de-escalation technique. And frankly, a terrifying testament if this is how TV presents the appropriate response to this. Perhaps. I I had four cops pull up on me one day when I was playing Pokemon Go. I mean, yeah. yeah. That game at its height was actually incredibly dangerous for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how you got to catch them all. Yeah. I, I suppose but. you do. I suppose you do. But, but anyway, drunken so, party. Drunken party. GC says that he was just demonstrating uh, de-escalation tactics, uh, but just says he did grab a colleague's shoulder without getting their permission. And after the whole hubbub said that it was best in his best interest to just resign so that uh, I believe it was the Denver airport GC could that so they could continue to go about their business without the distraction of the allegations that he denies. So, you know, that happened, but also serves as a good reminder that the legal profession continues to have a problem with substance abuse. And uh, if you're having a problem, please seek help. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I definitely thought of when I was writing it is, you know, we at Above the Law write a lot about drunken antics. And I think that, you know, at first it's pretty fun. And then you start seeing all the data and reports that, you know, substance abuse is a real problem for the profession more so than most professions. And so... It, it becomes a little worrying and a, and a much part of a much bigger issue than just, you know, one party that went off the rails. Or it's not a train thing. It's a, it's an airport, right? Okay. Went off the runway. Yeah, that's not I a guess. thing. That's not uh, a thing. You can't let him get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hold the line. <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> It's see now that that's an appropriate reference because every interaction I've ever had with the Denver airport is the PA announcer going, "Yep, you're not going anywhere." So that works. Everything uh. there's too much snow. <laughs> All right. Well, so she's broken. <laughs> Aren't we all in a little way? I mean, season I'm, three of COVID has not been my favorite. No, I mean bringing cousin Omicron in was it's just a, a desperate, weird choice, desperate bid by the producers to keep <laughs> to us all ratings. tuned in. Did y'all see the uh, the new variant? It's like a, a a mashup of Delta and Omicron. It's like Deltacron. 
I'm not. No. See, that doesn't even make that doesn't make sense. There are more. Letters. There are more Greek letters we can still use. No, we no, no. They're, they're starting. They're starting to uh, unionize. They're they're grouping together. And <laughs> well, see, see the. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, actually, the mashup that I saw is fluorona, which is there. That. That's also version. a thing. Yeah, but but fluorona is not like a super bug. It's just having two different infections at the same mm. time, which right. is distinct biologically. It's like right? an Arnold Palmer. Yeah, which is a delicious, tasty treat, particularly mm-hmm. if you put a little vodka in there. Mm-hmm. Which turns it into a John Daly. Anyway. <laughs> that is a deep cut golf joke, Joe. It's not really all that deep cut. He just won a tournament with his son. Anyway. That's... It's pretty deep. Fair enough. It's pretty deep. Anyway, so this is, we've gotten a little uh, disjointed here. Maybe it's time that we do We're some... following the logical flow of conversation, Joe. Stre- you, uh, this is an issue. We I've... should streamline things. Okay. Fine. Like, I administrative get tasks. God <laughs> so damn it. Ed Reed, go. So let's hear from Lexicon. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. <laughs> hey, I don't even remember what story we're supposed to do next, but I hope it's okay that I'm going to laugh through most of it. Just like Maxwell oh, was so convicted. No. So no. <laughs> convicted. It'll <laughs> help in a sex trafficking operation. Oh no, we actually broke Chris. You can't make someone with COVID laugh. Hey, you know, I, I laugh from time to time. That's just a thing I do. It's just, no, I did but, not expect to COVID. laugh about. Hey, I'll, yeah. I'll be fine, hopefully. So, no. um. <laughs> anyway. Get all our giggles out first. Anyway, this verdict, though, is now in, you know, in some degree of limbo because a juror then spoke out quasi-anonymously, gave first and middle name, not full name, spoke out claiming that he felt there was some resistance in the jury to a guilty verdict until he explained that he was a victim of you know, sexual uh, assault and therefore, and, and sexual abuse, I should say, uh, and that he therefore could explain how the, you know, how to read the testimony of some of the victims who, like, when when they didn't remember certain details and so on and so forth. And he felt that, or at least he told the media that he felt that his experiences helped sway the jury. The, another juror then came forward and said the same thing, that they also were victims and spoke uh, to the jury and felt that that also helped the jury come to a conclusion. Well, that seems like information that people would have wanted to know. So here's the the deal with this is this is information that the defense wanted to know. And in fact, they put together a questionnaire with a number of items on it, including do you or anyone you know, have they ever had these experiences? And the reason was a plan to not have those people be on the jury. Sure. Uh, the the juror in question, the, the first juror says that he would have answered that truthfully, but he honestly doesn't remember it mm-hmm. uh, on that on there. There's also some reason to believe that based on the questions asked at the at the screening when jurors came back after the questionnaire and were brought in to have questions asked of them, based on some of those questions, it appears that some people did get callbacks, even though they had answered that question with 
yes. Mm. Uh, that said, neither of these two jurors were asked any follow-ups about this issue. The defense is claiming they need a new trial. If these jurors did lie or mistakenly, ask, yeah. or mistakenly fail to acknowledge this, perhaps that, that would be enough to get a new trial. So On there the, are two kind of variables, right, that, uh -huh. are, that are going on. The first is whether or not the question was responded to accurately. Right. If they both wrote yes, and there were no follow-up questions asked. Yeah. Over. I, I agree. I, over, it, right? That's your fault. Yeah. Seems to me, yeah, it seems like poor lawyering. Personally, I think it's poor lawyering even, and, and like I haven't seen this questionnaire, sure. so who knows? But if it's remotely plausible that somebody could say, I honestly don't remember that question, that says to me that there are more questions on this questionnaire than there probably needed to be. And this goes to, there's mm -hmm. having done some of these sorts of things before, there's an impulse, especially among high-priced defense teams, to try and micromanage who the jury is with a bunch of psychological vectors and jury consultants and whatever. And at a certain point, when you try to micromanage so much, you make mistakes. And if you had 200 questions and somebody you know, could accidentally have answered it incorrectly because they're trying to get through a 200 question questionnaire, like that's also on you. Like you need to be making these questions impactful because brevity is the soul of a questionnaire, I think. Uh, and you need to be making it clear that these are the important issues and make sure that the person filling it out knows how important it is because there's only 10, 12 questions. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, that would be my take. I I would kind of put some blame on the defense too. That Regardless, said, that, that said, you know, you all reasonable, you know, benefits of the doubt at, at this stage should go toward defendants. So you probably would pull the trigger and do a new trial anyway. But yeah, it, that's what you get when you try to over overplay things. Yeah. If anybody else has thoughts on juries, I may be on one this week. That's a whole Are you, thing. You have jury duty. I do. They have already told me not to that I didn't have to come in the first day of it, so that's why I'm here. Well, yeah, I think that the court systems are dealing with this Omicron their own way too. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see if a lawyer, former criminal defense attorney slash current legal industry commenter can get themselves on a jury. I mean, one wouldn't think that anybody would want me there, but stranger things, I suppose, have happened. That's that's fair. I want to get jury duty because the first thing I'm going to say is, yeah, I wrote a paper about how jury notification should be understood <laughs> by everybody as a right. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you. That'll get you off pretty quick. Yeah. See, but on the other hand, though, that's the thing. Like, mm. The kind of platonic ideal of court is that you're on some sort of a criminal jury, but the odds are actually that you won't be, that you'll be on some absolutely inane civil dispute between two companies. Slip and fall in the grocery store. Or maybe yeah. some slip and fall. Thing. Like, whatever it is, yeah. you're going to be involved. That's You're not going to be on a case where jury nullification is really the issue. I'm going to make it the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I that, that's why, I, honestly, like the, being a former criminal defense attorney, is a is a whole deal but i think that the what i do now with above law is more of a reason why i wouldn't nobody in a civil trial would want me on there because i i'm probably more annoying to the judges well the, the lawyers and definitely the judges on that issue it yeah. would be cool to see the daily story updates yeah right, <laughs> right on the front page like punny title here 
<laughs> I think I was called for jury duty when I was at ATL, but I never got, I never had to fill out a questionnaire. I just kind of was in the holding room pen for like three days and then they sent me away. Yeah, I was in the pen for three days while I was with Above the Law and then yeah, never got, never even got called into a box. And the other time I did it was before I worked here when I was actively a criminal defense lawyer. And that time I did get called into a box and they kept me. So I had to do <laughs> a two day trial. Yeah, it was... Uh, I was shocked by that one. But when whatever. I was in college, I was put I was made an alternate on a civil trial, but it settled. Ah. So I didn't actually get to be on, which was I kind of wanted to. My dad um, was a, at the time a court officer and it was at his courthouse. And I was like, my dad was going to take me out to lunch every day. I was there kind of go. into it, but didn't happen. Well, I think we've done everything we need to do, right? I hope so. I'm I'm done. Or right. I, I feel like I feel like this is all that we were contractually right. obligated to do. Okay. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> let, let, let's finish this up so that Chris can go rest again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just... Um, I, I, I woke yep. from my slumber to contribute to this <laughs> uh, phenomenal <laughs> podcast. So Thank you. Thank as soon you. as we're done, I'm going to hang upside down like a bat and... Okay. Not sure... Not sure okay. that works, but okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, have, right. I, have, I used to be a biker. I have strong legs. It makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't doubting that you could do it. I was <laughs> doubting that it would be <laughs> doing it. But I love that that's the direction you took that. My job here is good. <laughs> Thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. You should be subscribed to the show so you get new episodes. When they come out, you should give us reviews. Stars write something. Helps more people find the show. You should be reading Above the Law so you read these and other stories as they happen throughout the week. You should check out the Jabot, Captain's other show. I'm on the Legal Tech Week Journalist's Roundtable every week. We have more shows that we are not on on the Legal Talk Network that you should check out. Thanks, as always, to Lexicon and Nota, powered by M&T Bank, for sponsoring the show. You can see us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, that numeral one there at the end. Uh, Chris is at Rights for Rent. Is that... Everything read above the you law. Should, you should also be following ATL oh. blog, it helps me. Oh, yes, that's true. That. Follow, yeah, that's Stop a good point. Following Jesus, Every, everybody start following at ATL blog because that's a Twitter account that's easy. You get all the stories as they come out, plus a few occasional fun jokes, etc. That, that is now puts us at the end. All right, good. Bye, everybody. <laughs>